Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Interstate of Music podcast. And with me today, I have a guest that it's this is I'm, I'm going to be interested to find out a little bit more about what she's been doing. She's a drummer. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. She's a touring, uh, a touring drummer and vocalist. She actually was number one UK iTunes artist. I want to hear a little bit about that, the whole UK aspect uh, of her career. But I want to get to know her a little bit better. So let's bring her to the show, Teddy Brunetti. I right there. I love. I just love your name. I love it. Welcome to the show. Yes, it rhymes, and it's it's really my my it's my maiden name. It's my name. Good thing and you're not a blonde. If you were blonde, it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, yeah. so Teddy, so Teddy, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on a couple of quick things. Okay, so you're a drummer, which is just yeah. I love drummers. You know, oh, cool. I've never understood. Uh, why somebody would pick to be the drummer because of all the gear you've got to haul into gigs and out and everybody's saying, Hey, can you play softer? You're a little too loud. Uh (laughs) Tell me, tell me when you decided that you wanted to play the drums and what that, what that journey was for you. How long ago? I was, (laughs) well, let me just say, I'm going to be 70 in June. So, uh, it was a while ago. I was 11 years old and, um, I went to a a friend's birthday party and she had an older sister who had a, (laughs) who had a Victrola record player. And and then at this party, they put on this single, um, 45, you know, I've I've got a, I I went out and bought it. I bought a jukebox because I had so many 45s from growing up because I didn't listen to I never had like a favorite band. I had favorite songs. So 45s right. were the perfect way to do it. But um, as I got older, I'm like, how do I play all these 45s one at a time? It's such a pain in the ass. So I bought a jukebox <laughs> just because I have this 45 collection just to make it easier to play them. So I get the 45 world for sure. Yeah, yeah. So they put they they put the single on. It was Brother Louie by the Kingsman. And yep. I was across the room. And when I heard that, the bom- the drums are bombastic on that. All right. They're out front and he's slamming the crap out of them. And (laughs) it possessed me. It was like um, something happened on. I I mean it on a spiritual level, really, now that I think back on it. Well, I mean, if if for you to even have the memory that you're having right now from that moment, it did hit you that way. Yeah, and in the and I kept playing the single. I stood in front of that Victrola and played that single over and over. And in those moments, I knew, and I had never played a musical instrument before or anything. I was 11 years old. Yeah. And I said uh, to myself, this is what you do. You're a musician. You're a drummer. You do this. This is you. And this is, and I knew that was what my life was going to be. That's and, amazing. Um, I was possessed, you know, it was, and I, I went home, I'm the oldest of 10 kids, and I went home, and I asked if I could have drum lessons. My <laughs> parents were actors, that's how okay. they met originally. Okay, and, um, so they were into so the they, arts, you know, they the were arts. into the arts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, and I had a, I have a, a brother who's three years, uh, two or three years younger than me, who um, was a child prodigy classical pianist. All right. Okay. He's a big vocal coach in Manhattan now. He went to Carnegie Mellon. He's a, yeah, you know, bona fide uh, 
vocal knows, coach, really. He, 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 he knows, coaches he knows, all he, over the world. Yeah, he knows, his, he knows his shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, 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 he's got a big career. Um, he um, wrote a book called Acting Songs. His name's David Brunetti, and uh, I'm proud of him. Um, That's awesome. And he, um, he coaches Broadway singers and, and theater people all over the world. But um, he, uh, so that, you know, we had some music in the family, but, you know, I'm the black sheep rock and roller, but because um, they were all into the legit stuff. And um, <laughs> come on, rock and roll could never be more legit. <laughs> well, you know, they thought it was a fad back then. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it. none of us gave up our rock and roll, did we? So, um, yeah, they said no <laughs> when I asked for drum lessons <laughs> and I was crushed. But I, but so I asked for the next best thing, which to me was guitar. And they said, yes. And so I started taking guitar lessons and I did very well. And, it, you know, God had a plan for me, I guess, because uh, that's how I can write my music today. Hey, we, we all write. walk we all walk through different doors in the beginning to get to the room that we're in today. Right. I mean, it's and, oh, and, exactly. and, and your your door was the guitar. Uh, but the room well, that you're in is is a, a massive drum set. <laughs> Right. And I, and I would play, I had a, I got a transistor radio when they, my parents realized I was uh, interested in music. They got me a transistor radio and I would sit in the bathroom and um, I had a hamper and my hat boxes and I would beat away on them. And that's how I started playing the drums and um, to all the songs on the radio. And then I would, um, I ended up, when I got old enough to get a, a job, uh, I took my money and I went to on the bus and I went to the mall and I signed myself up for drum lessons. And everybody was shocked that that's what I would right. do at a young age, really, with my money. And uh, because I did well with the guitar, they bought me a little acoustic guitar. It's a Gibson LG one. I still have it. I've written oh, all my songs on it. That's I still awesome. have it. And um, I don't play well at all <laughs> today. Yeah, because um, I don't play. But um, when I when I and I write my music, I'm not prolific. But I, I write out of necessity. If I'm going to record an album, then I write it. But um, I think about songwriting. I take notes, and I have a I have a big bin where I have scraps of paper with. So you're you're, consta and, you're constantly taking thoughts from your head and keeping track of those because they are for the future of what you're going to write and your ideas are coming right. on a regular basis, but you're not constantly pressing yourself or feeling this urge to write a song every day. That's just not no. you. No, that's not how I, that's not how I do it because yeah. I'm not, I'm not really writing for anybody else. I'm writing for myself and I really craft each song to perfection I don't, nowadays they have a whole different theory about it. These kids are writing 20 songs a week, all right? And yeah. and it sounds like it, some of them. Well, you part. know, you can sit there and some of them obviously are are much better, this and that, but it is it is this thought of, it's almost like the cold calling salespeople where it's like, if you make a hundred calls a day and two end up being successful calls, exactly. then that attributes to this much in sales and this much volume. So if you make 200 calls, do you get four, you know, so it's kind of that volume concept, I right, think in, right, in some right. cases, 
Um, and I think some people look at it as like, the more I write, the more eventually something good's going to come out of it, you know? And so it is, it's yeah. a different mindset. Yeah. It's a different mindset. It's a different process. I'm more like a sculptor, you know? Um, and I, I sculpt until it's, I have the finished thing. And if it isn't, if it doesn't sound good and it isn't right, then I change it until it is. And that's, that's just how I do it. And it, it's worked for me so far. I'm getting accolades from my songwriting and I'm a, I'm, I studied songwriting when I was in New York City in the 70s and 80s at ASCAP in the Songwriters Guild. And I took those blows and I had my stuff critiqued in groups and stuff yeah. and they tore it apart and I, I suffered the pain of it all. <laughs> and I learned how to write and rewrite. And I yep. am, and my producers nowadays that I work with, my uh, that I produce my music with, Dean Allen Sargent and Michael Hennigan, they're, they're bona fide songwriters and artists and themselves and we edit and um i've especially on this last album my my second album which is the last this one that's out queen of pittsburgh um dino really i learned a lot making this album um in terms of uh lyric writing and editing um because i tend to in part sometimes when you write songs you um you write too many words and you can edit it down. I want to get them. I want people to understand what I'm saying is very um, important to me. That when you listen to my music, you understand each word that I say because I yep. work very hard on my lyrics. Yeah. And um, you know that the rhymes are right, and that the um, you know that they flow right. That I'm not jamming too. Sometimes you you can lose little. Yeah, it, the, the long, the long, it, it's true about it, things, Yeah, it's know, true about it's true about anything. It's true about anything. I mean, if if somebody you know is just talking, 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 you start to stop listening, 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 listening. <laughs> so it's it's you know that's I think back you know in the in the days when I was growing up and listening to music, it were it was those hooks from a song that grabbed you and wanted to sure. and, and made you want to listen to the lyrics. But again, the lyrics had to be, for me, concise, mm -hmm. hit me, but then move on back to the chorus. So then the uh, the instruments, the guitar solos, the drum solos, that was all part of the song, not just sure. the lyrics. And it, it brought the whole emotion of the song, which it, to me, it sounds like that's kind of where you're, what you're oh, talking absolutely. about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's more of a classic um tin pan alley kind of songwriting sure. deal you know and that's that's the kind of songwriting i do and i write in a classic rock kind of blues style you know but it's modern because it's you know time has passed and, do, you, do you do you find yourself and i've grown you do know, you find yourself but, immediately having a drum solo in your head every time you start writing a song well, you know, it's interesting. It, it, it's a, it's really quite an advantage, I find. Um, I orchestrate and arrange my songs from behind the drum set. So when I, I'll, I'll start, I'll write the song, you know, on the guitar, and and then I teach it to my husband because I'll scratch because I can't play anymore. So I'll scratch it out. Not that I was ever really a guitarist. I played bass. I mean, the first band I was in on the first professional band, I was the bass player. I studied bass, but um, I don't play that anymore either. 
but I'm a drummer and a singer and a songwriter, uh, but um, I have that in my background. So, um, you know, I'll scratch something out and I'll teach it to my husband and he can play it properly, you know, so then I'll have a record of it with <laughs> how it's That's supposed awesome. to sound. But uh, I'll sit behind the drums when I, when I bring musicians in or we're doing pre-production with my producers because they're my part of my, they're my band on the record. I'm putting, as a matter of fact, I just got some gigs. I want to talk to you about that. Absolutely. They came to me. I, I have, I have such a blessed music career. I, I, when we were talking earlier, I, um, it just dawned on me, you know, things have happened to me. I don't know why. I guess I'm just meant to do this. I mean, I, I, it's not an ego thing. It's just that it's just the way it's, it's coming down on me. Right. I mean, my first album, I had an angel. I forget about this. And I, and I, I thought about it the other day and I thought, you know, I should, when I have this interview, I should talk about it. Um, I had a band in New York City. I was, you know, we were doing original music and uh, my first album's called, uh, it hasn't been released. I'm going to release it, but um, you know, it was done on two inch tape and stuff. And so we have to go back to the sure. mastering and see if we can beef it up. Cause today the, the sound that you yeah. get has more bass to it, but it is an awesome album and it still holds water really. And Dean produced that album too. The Dino uh, Sargent who, uh, he, he was a first chair recording engineer back in the day in the seventies yeah. and eighties in New York city. And he produced my first album and he produced my second album. So, um, you know, we're like family now because yeah, for sure. we've worked and in our work and, when we work together, it's always our best work, you know, and the people that work on our, on my music, it's their best work too. Yeah. You know, well, so it, I, when, we when you find a group bring of the best out of people, I was you know? just going to, I was just going to say that because when you find that group that you're comfortable sharing anything and having somebody pick it up and then take it to another place that you weren't even thinking it could go. And then they take it there. And this collab, the collaboration of putting an album together with musicians that you truly feel comfortable with has to be some of the most impactful and meaningful work for you versus just going out and even as much as you like playing gigs, having that collaboration um, and putting something out there as a final product has got to be just unbelievably exciting for you. Oh yeah. That's, that's my, that's my jam. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I my son was asking me, he's, uh, my son, James Mason, he's going to be playing uh, guitar with me. And he's, he's an awesome musician. He plays drums, bass, and guitar, and he plays the hell out of all of them. All right. But he's going to be in my band now. So that's, this is so awesome because I had some surprises happen to me in the last couple of weeks where, uh, you know, this internet thing, these podcasts, these internet, you know, it's a thing. Facebook, whatever. Somebody who follows me on Facebook is an event promoter, and he and I don't have a band right now, you know, because of COVID. I mean, you know, there were no gigs, and what right. are you going to do? And yeah. and I do all original music. I'm not doing covers, and I live in Pittsburgh, and um, there's a bar band scene for cover bands, and I I, I have done it, you know, but sure. that's not my. I don't want to do that. That's what you want to do. Yeah, right. That's not, yeah. I mean, when I, like I said, when I was 11 and I had visions of myself as a musician, it was playing my own music. No, I right. started writing songs when I was 11. As soon as I got that guitar, I started writing songs. So I've been writing songs for 50 some years, you know, so I don't want to 
I'm not doing anybody else's stuff anymore. I'm tired of that. You know, to me, cover bands are karaoke with not so good a band, you know? <laughs> yes. So, I, uh, I, And I don't want to disenfranchise myself with cover bands because some of them are very, very good and they do a great yeah, job. And they're, very, and they're very, and they can be very entertaining. Um, but you know, so can a jukebox. Sure. <laughs> well, and I have friends that do it. As a matter of fact, I'm meeting a girlfriend tonight who has one of the best cover yeah. bands in Pittsburgh, Tina Daniels band. I've got and, tons uh, of bands I know, go see. Yeah. She's awesome. She's, she's awesome. And she does originals too sometimes, I think. But I mean, they don't understand. I, I went to New York and pursued an original music career and I played in recording acts and toured and stuff like that. So, you know, I have a different background, you know, yeah. so a lot of people, in a different if you, haven't, if, you haven't ex, if you haven't experienced it, you don't get it. You know what I mean? Right. So. And you've had, you had a different vision. You had a vision sure. of who you wanted to be and what you wanted to be and why. And, you know, I, so many cover bands that are out there, I think the really good cover bands, I think mm -hmm. in a lot of cases are doing it because they want to be a full-time musician and they want to pay their bills. And it is hard to pay your bills as an original musician. So well, I do think there's, there's, you know, split personalities with a lot of really good cover bands that are out there. Cause if you go up and down Broadway and Nashville, they're all cover bands, but they're all right. basically like oh working waiters. They're like waiters and waitresses trying to trying to make money to pay their rent so they can those become are some badass, original artist. Those are some badass cover bands. No, that's what I'm Broadway talking about. Broadway and Nashville. It, I've been there several times. I, mean, I, you know, oh, I know fantastic. it. I know it well. And, and, and they're all original and, and most of them are all original musicians they've got their oh, they, their music they're just they got master's degrees in music performance half of yep them. I, I know mean, you know that's where the recording industry yes you know nashville country music it's not just country either right. but it's but the country and you know people gravitate to those centers like la yep nashville new york city the big city you know yep. where the music business where the corporate is Yep. Located, you know, yep. and uh, the production comes out of there. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you're getting half those people down there in Nashville. They're like North Texas and Berkeley guys who, you know. Yep. I, I, you know, there's different things. Some people are sidemen. Some people are artists. I feel like I'm an artist. You know, that's yeah, my clearly. Thing. I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I have my own style. I have my own production style. I have my own. I have a unique voice. You know, what, what is, sound. what is the best? Okay. So I'm, there's a couple questions. I got, I got a, a bunch bouncing in my sure. head. The quick one is the, the first drummer, vocalist, songwriter that I think so many people like think of is Phil Collins, obviously. And sure. I've always wondered, you know, when you sit there and you see him playing those drums in a live show and singing, how tough is it to keep your voice in check while you're playing the drums and keep it so it doesn't sound like it's bouncing on you. I've always wondered that about like a live performance because it's much easier, obviously, to go into a studio, sing your vocals, play your drum tracks, all that kind of stuff. How do you keep your voice from kind of like as you're moving, kind of have that jiggle in it? <laughs> well, the thing is, you have to be a good drummer. You have to have technique and you have to know what the hell you're doing on the drums. Really, to be able to do it, to, to, and, you know, people want, uh, I guess it seems difficult to people that, you know, to do yeah. two things like that. I kind of think, being a bass player, 
at one point. I kind of think someone like Sting, it's even hard. I think playing bass and singing is, there's some, there, I think that's a hard connection to make too, but more so than guitar, because the guitar kind of, the chords kind of go along with the melody, you know, that yes, you're singing. Yeah, okay, Whereas I, I think it's a, a little bit, you're trying to keep the beat of the song and the balance of the song somehow between a bass line and the melody and the drum part in the melody, and especially the drums. Like you say, it's so physical. Your legs are going and your hands are going. Every, everything. And um, so you have to be, I mean, for me, I always try to be in good physical shape. I do a treadmill um, routine. And I think I haven't the technique. Been doing, but I'm jumping back on now because I got, I'm going to start gigging again this summer. So, which I didn't expect to, and I wasn't planning to, and I wasn't, it wasn't in the plans. I was going to make music videos, you know, but I had, I've been offered to headline some, uh, a music, couple music festival things. So, uh, so and it's headlining them, you know, so I'm not going to say no, you know. Right. I, I mean, and I think you, you bring up the, you know, the best point in that is as a drummer vocalist, your technique of knowing that you're going to help control your body while you're, you know, while you're drumming so that your voice can stay in check for certain aspects of the song. And it's just, there's so much to it. And I, and I love your, I love your honesty and your response to that because it's always been throwing me when I, when I would watch that and I'm just like, how are they doing? It's it's like every once in a while, if, if you're not the lead singer and you're just doing some harmonies every once in a while, I, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I get that. But if you're like, if you're the lead singer and bringing it, that's just the whole show, the energy and the taxing aspect of the physical part. It's just got to be crazy. You got to be exhausted after a show. Well, you know, it's aerobic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's a funny thing too, because I have real, for my age, you know, I mean, I have really good aerobic strength and I think it's because of the drumming. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I've always been kind of a athletic, kind of active person, you know. Sure. I mean, I played on the girls' basketball team in high school and stuff, and I always enjoyed sports and swimming and things. But but the drumming, you know, your arms are going, your legs are Everything. going. It's a lot of repetition. And um, so I think it's aerobic. To a but then you get technique and your body gets used to, you get used to it. You know what yep. I mean? So then it becomes easier. And that's, I put a lot of hours into my drumming practice because I love it. Number one, it's a meditative kind of thing for me. And, and yep. I enjoy doing it and I enjoy seeing myself get better and play. And I want to play at a high level. So you have to play a lot. Right. So um, for all oh, I do anyhow, I don't know. There's some geniuses out there that <laughs> never practice, never do anything. They get up on the stage and they're just like blow they your just mind. Kill like, it, right? I'm yeah. not like that. I have to work at it. So um, I'm I'm always developing, trying to develop new technique. I'm working on a push pull technique, open close technique, finger uh, <laughs> drum technique right now because it's it's so easy, and I'm trying to save my um, tendons. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get can it. play Smart. in another ten years. I'm going to be seventy. You know. Good and you. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, try, I, I can play the drums at a higher level than I need to for my music, okay? Yeah. Because my music, like I said, it's in a classic rock, blues, jazz influence, like Stewie Dan kind of thing, all right? That's, that's the genre bending that I do. And um, 
So I can play a little, I can play probably some jazz and stuff like that and a little more funky, heavier, more advanced musical styles than, you know, and on a higher level than I need to to play my own music. So I can relax behind the drums and be, and, and mentally and physically be behind it so I can project and sing and I can concentrate on that voice is out front. Yeah. And, you want to, and I want to convey, I want to connect and convey the message of the song, right? And sing well. So um, the drumming has to be automatic almost, yep. you know? So who were some of your inspirations, motivations, whether it was a specific drummer or a band, but also just in the industry of kind of that, I mean, because I'm sure you've gone through all kinds of the challenges, the ups and downs of it. And as you were talking about being those singer songwriter where they're kind of just ripping you apart and for this or for this reason or that reason. And in the end, it's just their opinion anyways. You know, so what were some of the who are some of the people or the bands that kept you motivated, kept you energized through the grind of being a musician? Well, I I like, you know, I'm not. um a musical snob at all. I, I enjoy um, anything that's done well. All right. And it has to move me emotionally, you know, yep. but I like, uh, you know, I've, I just, just the excellent people. Like, you know, I love John Bonham and Led Zeppelin and I love uh, all the drummers that played with Steely Dan and I love their style of music and their, the excellence and the perfection that they, uh, went after in the studio in their recording. Their their um, their recordings are works of art in and of themselves. All right, and stand on their own. You know the songwriting, the uh, just the production. You know, was so beautiful. It's so beautiful to listen to. It's withstood the test of time. And um, people like Stevie Wonder. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm all over the place with with right. artists. You know, I love everybody. I mean, I like I like Peggy Lee. You know, I mean, I, um, I, I'm very Aretha si- Franklin. I mean, anybody who s- s- grew and you know, musicians, musicians. I you know, I I like today. I listen a lot to Lettuce and um, you know, <laughs> Snarky Puppy, jazz people. You know, yeah, uh, fun funky jazz stuff. I like, and um, I'm a drummer, and it's fun drum. They're they're off the hook drummers, and they're you know. What was your what was your favorite? If you were to look back, and and uh, I'm sure you've played at a lot of different venues, small, medium, large, all of it. What was one of your favorite venues that, if you could go back and play a specific venue, no matter the size, what would it be like? Where would it be, and why? I always liked playing the um, well. I like the bitter end in New York City, because we always played to a packed room. Yep. And that's always fun. I mean, it was packed to the rafters. And I mean, it was party down. I mean, really something. Back then, I, my band, I had a, like a 10-piece band. I had four background singers. I had a choreographer for them. They were like the Manhattan transfer on acid. I mean, that band was banging. You know, my, fir- my first, my New York City Teddy Brunetti band was... Um, unbelievable and we were tight and you know i just listened to some tracks from that first album the other day and i said to my husband how in the 
how did we not get a record deal? This is crazy. I yeah. mean, it was just timing, you know. Yeah. I, my manager, I had a, I had an awesome manager, and um, he um, worked for Warner Brothers. He put, he was a uh, pioneer in music videos. He put together the first viable um, videotape, which was Jane Fonda's exercise video. <laughs> And that was back I, in the day well, when, you know, well, I VCR, mean, I, VCRs were like still like $1,500. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm aware of the yeah. Jane Fonda, you know, video. video. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean he, I, don't, I don't know that it worked out to him, but, you know, I, I, I'm aware yeah, yeah, of that. No, they he, were a big he deal. Did all the biz, he did all the business things. Like he yeah. behind the scenes for Warner Brothers. He was a Turk, Ahmed Tahir. And he was hooked up with Ahmed Erdogan and all, all the Turks. And they, they had this little clan in the music business. Sure, sure. Atlantic Records. And uh, he was hooked up with all of them. But he, he put Madonna's uh, Like a Virgin video together. You know. Unbelievable. And he did, I mean, that which is one of the first big videos. Really oh, yeah. Smash hit. Yep. You know, so he was, he was something else. And so I was, I signed with him. And... Um, I got pregnant with our second son and his wife got pregnant with their second baby at the same time. And um, he needed to make real money then. So he put, he put together um, uh, Macrovision, which was the copy guards on videotapes. Okay. So remember you I would remember put a videotape and it would scramble it so you couldn't copy it. Yep. That was his company. And so he put his treasure and his energy into that. And this was yeah. after I had, my first album was produced and in the can with Dino and uh, it was called Tattooed Women. And um, he, uh, nobody had tattoos back then, by the way. That, you, that has to get I, released now. I that have, is, I have a be... tattoo. Yes, I'm going to, but yeah. um, I might even re-record it. Although the first one, I don't know. I don't know. I got to talk to Dino about, it. but um, cause it's a great song, but uh yeah, it's uh, that's a whole nother story. I got my if, tattoo I'll today. I'll I had my last drink. <laughs> oh, good for you! Good for you. Yeah, so well, I, I, I I can't show it to you, but I don't I don't know. But nobody had tattoos except oh. sailors and prisoners and Jews from the Holocaust. Had yeah, numbers tattoos. yeah, I get it. You can see the bottom of that. That's the conga drum there. Oh uh, my Ricky god, Ricardo. that's awesome. You know, Ricky, you wake up yeah. with Ricky Ricardo on your arm. That'll That's... sober your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a day I, had, I oh. haven't had a drink. And he's 40 years old. Oh, Teddy, you, I, I absolutely love everything about you. <laughs> I, I, this has been such a blast for me. I, I'm going to finish up on a few things because, you know, the, the number one UK artist. I, tell me a little bit about how your music got, what you did or how that even happened happened i'm always I mean, interested in that i have a i have a wonderful uh michael stover mts marketing is a it's kind of like my press agent kind of guy sure function and um he gets me all over the world and i mean and this is what has happened you know it's the beauty of the internet today it's yeah. such a different industry and i'll tell you for the last four years i've been studying i took webinars and courses trying to learn what the music industry is today because it's much different than when I started and you know was doing music in the 70s and 80s right um, so it's so far-reaching and I have people all over the world I have I have a guy from Italy who emailed me and he programs radio for RAI the 
you know, the Italian radio yep. network. Yep. And um, he has a blue show and he's asked me for stuff. And I have a guy in France who wanted CDs because he's writes for a blues magazine. And I got these gigs, you know, the head, headline uh, music festival because he's a music uh, event promoter and he saw my videos on YouTube, you know. And I have somebody here in Pittsburgh who wants me to do a, a thing in Westmoreland County this summer, a big amphitheater. And uh, so, I mean, things are just coming to me. And it's the UK. I'm, I'm on 50 different radio stations in the UK right now. Good you know, I had you. to do the little uh, leaders, you know, like this is Teddy Brunetti. You're listening to my single Eat, Sleep, Repeat on WW, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> so I, I had to do a bunch of them. You know, I had to do like 50 of them. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, isn't it awesome? And, and it at really my is. age. And at and, my age. And you know it's, what? It's yeah. fantastic. It's it, you know, screw the age thing because you are the, you embody what all of us, the reason why we listen to music it's the stories it's the people it's the personality it's the connection of the music you're the reason why i wanted to do the interstate of music podcast because you're the story you're the journey you're the reason people are so using music to get through whatever they're getting through or elevate whatever they're doing and you're you're you embody that, and I, I'm. This has been such a pleasure for me to get a chance to meet you, talk to you, ask. I've got seven thousand other questions. I, I need to have you back on. I want. <laughs> oh, I, I want to come back. I want to get. I want to get some of this music that you're willing to let us release and share with share with our listeners and everything, and yeah. get your permission to do so because I want. Oh, sure. I want to just. I, 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 Teddy. I. This is fantastic for me thank you for being part of the interstate of music podcast and thank you for uh you know sharing everything and being so genuine about it and i am going to be a a, a follower i'm going to know what's going on in your ah, world because good, good. i can't wait to start listening to your music and as i said earlier you know when i do these podcasts i don't really research my guests because i want it to be genuine and ask these questions I will, it'll be about 30 seconds after this is over that I'm going to go listen to your music because awesome. I, I feel already connected. Go watch the videos too. I'm going to. I have, I have award-winning videos. My video <sighs> production team are a bunch of guys, BMHAC from New Jersey. They're like 25 years old. They graduated Rutgers University's film school. So they're bonafide little filmmakers. And my videos are uh, state-of-the-art, I think. And uh, they, uh, it matches my music production, which is also state-of-the-art. And they, uh, I, that's, that's, that's kind of been my thing, you know, with this COVID. And I'm learning about video production. I'm in pre-production for a new music video on uh, the Queen of Pittsburgh song. So, uh, you know, I love it. I love it. It's another creative outlet, you know, and I'm learning about, the, you know, the whole video deal. But, um, and you are, you're a gem. Because you <laughs> understand, you get me, you know. I mean, and you're and you're a great interviewer. Not everybody is. I do a lot of I do a lot of podcasts, and it's been really a pleasure talking with you. Well, I'm I'm going to end it on that. I can only screw this up if I go any further. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Brunetti, you are the real deal, and uh, you're you matter. And I I cannot wait. And thank you so much for being part of the Interstate of Music podcast. Thank you, Teddy. Oh, thank you. I'll come back anytime. Just ask. Thanks. Thanks.